Hey everybody, welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 28. Today we have the pleasure of talking to Denise Bowen with WebROI. We're going to talk business, marketing, but first we're just going to thank everybody for tuning in again. Um, the Guest Life Podcast, episode 28. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, really bridging the gap between, you know, the next level of entrepreneur in the city, uh, people doing big things, giving back, and, and really showcasing kind of some of the, the young local talent um, that we have here in Hamilton and surrounding areas. And Denise is a showcase of that. <laughs> so today we're going to dive into how she's built her team, uh, management styles, a little bit of her background and how she got into marketing and then how she helps people, uh, you know, create the vision of their business, get some ROI. At least we try. <laughs> um, Denise is coming in from Milton. Um, so tell us a little bit about web ROI, what you guys do. Um, you know, uh, subsequently some of the businesses that I run use web ROI. So that's how we got to know each other and, uh, and also seeing her at every single event known to man. <laughs> Especially now. <laughs> Happy to be back. Thank you. Uh, web ROI, we are a digital marketing agency. We focus on lead generation, mostly through search campaigns and website building. Um, we're, we're a team of 12 all over the GTA. So some have been with us for a while. Some we have only met for the first time just recently. So it's uh, it's nice. It's a nice small knit team, really close. Well, and the communication between you guys is, I always find like unique when it's, you know, as you're building a business and building a brand, um, really diving into each other as a, like, you know, we always say like, okay, who am I talking to? And if that person dies, who's the next person? So... Oh, totally. And especially in our industry or in our business, we collaborate on everything. We brainstorm all the time. So having team cohesive is, it's so important. It's something that we look at when we hire is how well this person's going to mesh with our team. Do they have the same values? Because we work together so closely. Yeah. And we like everybody wants to know, I, I was interested too. I always ask the question, how'd you, how'd you guys come up with the name web ROI? Well, other than the very obvious return on investment <laughs> from the web, um, ROI is king in French too, which is the crown of our logo. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So it's all kinds of like hidden things in there, but it's really all about getting your return on your investment from old school terms. It's like web online, but really just online from yeah. the internet. Um, and you probably see that in the budget. I know I've done it, you know, um, <laughs> what, what, what's the first thing in the budget that goes when you're not doing well? Marketing. <laughs> Always. What's the last thing you should cut though when you're not doing well? Marketing. Marketing. Yeah. Um, you know, how do you get, uh, how do you get your team so involved in kind of that platform in terms of, you know, driving business with so much web presence these days, obviously with COVID being a, a, a huge effect. Um, you know, we're in our third website development now with you guys and like just starting to scratch the surface of what is possible. Um, you know, one of the reasons probably on the show is just like, wow, what you can do when you have a web presence and you have the right people managing it. Absolutely. And having the right people who are all so goal oriented. So our whole team is driven by results and they get so fired up when they get results. And when they have somebody who come in who says like, I haven't gotten like yourself, I haven't gotten a lead from my website and well, I don't know how, how long had it been before you started working with us. It, it had been a long time. I mean, like we always had a web presence, but we also had the the issue of, okay, we weren't sizable to handle too much more work. Right. Right. So the whole like SEO and, and, you know, everybody that owns a business knows that somehow you're on some, you know, online forum with your email that you get 
36 web companies from all over the world every day, you know, sending you that your website sucks. Yeah. Um, the nice thing now is that I can send them a note back saying, you really think my website sucks? Here are my results. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, and that's what it all comes down to is the results. So we have to, you know, um, back up what we, what we say. So as soon as we can start helping a business, as soon as we can start seeing those leads come in and when we hear that people closed big jobs or when our clients have increased their sales or they're getting the right type of leads now and they're spending less time qualifying them. I mean, we have a very active group chat that's just full of memes and gifts and celebrations all the time because that's such a big part of it is we celebrate together and we celebrate those results because that's what everybody, that's what drives our whole team. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your journey through WebRoy. How'd you start there? You know, how'd you become managing director? Um, you know, tell us a little bit about your personal journey. Yeah, I um, I found WebROI, a, a little bit of luck, a little bit of fate. I was moving back from Saskatchewan. I was living there for a few years selling media, so selling advertising. So I knew I loved marketing. I loved working with business owners. I loved hearing people's stories. So WebROI was hiring an account manager. And I just kind of lucked out that it was good timing when I was moving back. And then over the course of the five years, I've worked really closely with the owners, Denise and Jason, and they're at a stage where they were looking to take more of a step out of the business. Um, and I've really stepped in and now I'm managing director and managing the agency and growing our team and being involved in all sides of the business. It's been a really, really fun journey. I've learned a lot. I have a lot to learn, but it's uh, it's been a good time. It's something I, I truly look forward to every day. It's great. Yeah. And and so what were you doing in Saskatchewan? How'd you get into that? Like, wh what's your background? What's your credentials? What's your oh, story? I, I got a weird. So I went to school for medical radiation. So okay. I was um, in the hospital and in private clinics and props to anybody who can do that job. But it is it was not for me. And I knew it right away. But I committed to three and a half, four years of school at that point. So I was going to finish my placement. Um, and then my we moved out to Saskatchewan for my husband's job opportunity and I went back to school for business, just knowing that I was not made for the medical world. And um, yeah, and then started working for a company out there that was selling different websites and marketing strategies. So I was traveling all over the province. Not pleasant in the wintertime, if you've ever been to Saskatoon, <laughs> but lovely in the summer. Um, but traveling all over and meeting with all kinds of different businesses and all types of different industries. And just, I loved all of it. And then life brought us back to Ontario, so. Oh, that's amazing. So... And it's again, I would have never known that. Or if you don't, if you don't ask the question, you'll never know, guys. And that's one of the things about the podcast that's so great is, you know, how, how do you get in that, you know, habit of getting a little bit deeper when you're kind of meeting somebody? Um, so tell us about the transition through WebROI from like kind of start to finish in terms of managing director, kind of getting that pieces in the puzzle, and, and obviously, you know, Jason and Denise trusting you to with their baby that they built done a great job and, and then now you're building on a team with you know i can't even name everybody that i've spoken to there i know we're uh we're growing we're growing fast um it you know just it's always been in my personality to make relationships with everybody so i was instantly um with my clients that i had at the time even with our team members i'm a, I'm a people person for sure so building strong relationships right off the bat and then investing in the leadership um, skills and education and going to different things and reading different books and really um, figuring out what I wanted and where I wanted to be and just 
thankful that Denise and Jason recognized that I was the right fit for that as well. So it just, um, just kind of happened in a, <laughs> I don't know, I don't, know, I don't have to, it just kind of <laughs> happened really seamlessly and yeah. That's amazing. So like, and, and so when you're talking to businesses, especially like, you know, I'm, I'm a, I always w- wanted to do marketing, right? Like when we talk about marketing and strategy and stuff like that. Everybody always wants to do marketing. Yeah. My, my, the big thing that I don't have a clue on is is how to actually track it, you know, the back end, the analytics, this, whatever you guys talk about, all about it when we kind of get into it. But like when you're talking to a clientele and you know that they have a good business model mm-hmm. and then they come to you and they say, well, we need more sales. What's the strategy around kind of education to the client so that, you know, they can understand the process that they go through. Yeah. So, and just like yourself, everybody always loves marketing and marketing can be really flashy and attractive in certain ways. But then what we always like to focus on is there are so many bright, shiny objects. There's so many new things coming out. There's new social platforms. There's new different things that are so easy to get distracted. And that's not actually what we do at all. We focus on the core basics. So how do we get traffic to your website and how do we get that traffic to turn into sales? Because you can hear all about TikTok and Instagram, all the different things that you're able to do, but will that actually result in sales? So just looking at who your target is, what is your goal, and do you have the foundation in place to even start doing some of those other activities? Yeah. And then when you're vetting a client to see if they're kind of, they fit within your niche, Mm -hmm. um, which is something that I think takes years of kind of practice and understanding and you know, going through those challenging clients and then getting a great client and saying like, okay, do we even have a system in place to identify that? Yes. So definitely fine tuning. It's an ever changing thing as well to fine tune that, but having a niche is really important. We follow um, EOS, which I see all your books back there. So you see the entrepreneur operating system and it's about creating that target list, right? So who do you want to work for? Or who do you want to, like what businesses do you want to work with? And we really fine tuned our list and focusing on niches and growing off that because I always think it's more important to be something specific to somebody rather than trying to be everything to everyone. For sure. And it takes years, right? Like, I mean, five years ago, if you asked me to build a fence, we'd be building a fence. Um, <laughs> you know, now, now we know what we specialize in. And, you know and when to of, say no. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's a, the best no is a yes. Right. And I think that kind of getting, getting ingrained, especially in the digital digital marketing world, there's so many avenues. I know I did so much research before even coming to you guys. Um, and then also like there's different platforms for different strategies. There's so much. Yeah. We have to pick our specialty and we know what we're really good at and we try not to stray away from that. It's tempting at times and we'll try and maybe we should take this on and we quickly learn, nope, we know what we're good at and we know who we do it well for. So yeah. we just have to really stay in our lane and grow that and go as big as we can. Yeah. And what are some of the goals? We are um, fully virtual now. So it kind of opened up some opportunities of where our staff can be and where our clients can be. So we are looking um, at some U.S. clients as well. But our Amazing. goals is, yeah, our goals are just for for more businesses like that we have, more businesses helping more clients. We have a 10-year goal of helping 360 clients that started last year. So we um, wanted to put something tangible in place. That's all what it comes down to is we want to help businesses. Exactly. Yeah. EOS, right? Is what is that 10-year goal? And as a management, we can talk on revenues and profit about what our 10-year goal is. But to our staff, that wasn't really a 
a number they could grasp or that they really related to. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to be X million. That doesn't that doesn't matter to them as much. Then we said, we want to help 360 businesses. And we have a like a thermometer that every quarter we look at how many more businesses we've helped to get to our 10-year goal. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's just been a, a change in mindset. You can just see it's, some, it's for them, it's something that they're, it's just more relatable. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. ROI, KPI, different things, different analogies. All the same. <laughs> Coming together. All the acronyms. <laughs> um, so what's been the most challenging thing that you've kind of had to deal with getting from, you know, switching careers, going back to school, changing locations, and now getting into a management position? You know, what is a challenge? What's your kind of, what are the next big things for you? You never know. Um, one of the biggest not to be so cliche, but COVID and moving virtual was one of the biggest challenges. As I mentioned, our team was so close and we brainstormed all the time and we fed off each other's energy. So then to go fully remote and to break the news that we would not be returning, even when we didn't know when everything would be back to normal, but even when it does, we wouldn't be returning. That was tough. And yeah. our team was, it took it hard and I'm, you know, trying to manage that change in their lives as well as all the other uncertainty and chaos of the world that they were going through. So it was definitely a really, really challenging time. Um, as a team, I think we came out a lot stronger and we kind of learned what we needed to do. We went from having daily virtual huddles for a couple of weeks to realizing like, okay, we don't, we don't need to do this anymore. We're, we're good. Um, to, you know, just finding our stride of how that'll work for us. Yeah. And adapting to the different times. Yeah. Nobody likes change. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's a paint color in a bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then so like taking that back, right? Like, I I mean, I've always, we were fortunate enough to, well, I mean, you're not going to pull me out of my office, but at the same (laughs) time, um, you know, working remote for some people at the beginning sounded great. Oh, I get to work from home. I get some freedom. You know, the boss doesn't have to see if my camera's on and I can be doing something else. Um, You know, how do you keep your team um, kind of engaged um, in those goals and also like give them some freedom to, I think you guys do like daily walks or something to get out of the house. Yeah. We, we try different challenges. We've done some fitness challenges or different things. We did a mental health challenge or a wellness challenge. Um, we, we have touch points throughout the week and then Fridays we leave for a complete virtual social happy hour type thing that I thought may fizzle out, but we've it seems to be the highlight of everybody. Like we still are really uh, engaged in that. So, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I thought at the beginning of COVID, I thought, okay, you know, a couple months of this and nobody will want to do it anymore. But no, our Friday calls will sometimes go for two hours. Everyone just no work talk, just sit and chat and get that kind of personal level back. So, Oh, that's amazing. Which is so important when we had new staff. Our running joke was we don't even know how tall some people are because they'll have started <laughs> and like we haven't seen them or met them in person yet, but it doesn't. And then when you do meet them, it, there's no awkwardness. It just felt so yeah normal because we've had those kind of engagements. Um, and then we do commit one day a quarter just to a complete fun day. So something fun event in September, we're going paintballing and just – Oh, nice. Yeah, just something, just team building and then one quarterly like uh, work meeting. And that's in person? In person. And what do you guys do for that? So it's our EOS quarterly full rock creation, uh, financial review. We're very transparent with all kinds of things. So our goals, our financials, everything that we go through. Um, And then it gives us an opportunity to do some brainstorming as well. 
Yeah, so uh, I know me and you say EOS a lot of the times, but I actually haven't had someone on the show that's actually using oh. EOS. Um, so why don't we dive into that for a minute just to show the viewers. So yeah. how has EOS been uh, impacting your business? So we've been following EOS for quite some time. It is the Entrepreneur Operating System, for those of you who don't know, by Gina Wickman. Um, we follow it pretty strictly. We have all of our staff read the What the Heck is EOS? It's the intro book. Um, and it just provides such great structure. And I think it helps. We run our weekly meetings off their structure. We run quarterly meetings. We have um, different metrics in place. It helps us with performance reviews, with um, really everything. We have our elite management team read How to Read a Great Boss. It just it gives us such a guidance and structure on a great way to scale and grow and and run different things. Yeah. Do you guys incorporate some of the yeah, stuff as well? Yeah. So, so we're just going through it now. Um, the the EOS book for everybody that's listening is is Traction. That's kind of the first the the staple book. Um, you, you know, when I uh, I joined a group called Tech, so it's the Executive Committee Canada. Um, it's a peer mentorship group and coaching, um, and everyone was kind of thriving about this. Oh, you got to retraction and EOS, or they were like talking about scaling up. So I'm always a skeptic and I'm like, okay, I've got to, I've got to be first and I've got to understand it before I can tell anybody else to do it. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So I read the book and was like, damn it. Like, yeah. and they give you all the templates. Oh, it's man. Like, yeah. you, you can't, you, you can't, can't not. It. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of a no brainer as I was told, you know, 15 different times. Um, I knew when four, I think four people had bought me the book. I knew <laughs> I had to read it. Um, and this was when I didn't read. So that was a challenge as well. And then it was, yeah, just starting to implement it, implementation. So we just had our first uh, retreat day. Um, so yeah, we go through this process. It takes about two years for anybody that's listening. And um, there's actually a program where you can get an EOS implementer to give you a hand, which we did. Um, again, as an owner or manager, um, sometimes it's hard, I find, to kind of implement it mm -hmm. without everybody feeling like this is an, it's, it's a you thing. Yeah. Um, it is so much a team thing. Everybody benefits from it. Um, transparency, roles and responsibilities, clarity, uh, communication. Like Accountability. If, oh, gosh. Yeah. It's, um, they really hit the nail on the head. And I mean, every business that I speak to, it's just, I've, I haven't heard a bad thing. Me either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is wild in the community. We always say, uh, we use the term, don't pump up, the, don't reinvent the wheel, just pump up the tire. Right? Yeah. I know. They, they got something good there. So yeah. That's amazing. So when it comes down to working from home, how do you separate personal life and work life? Huh. Is there a hard stop? Do you have some dog time in between? What do you do? Yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. We uh, are definitely something I'm always trying to get better at. I was lucky. I attended the Global Leadership Summit a few weeks ago. And something that really stuck with me is healthy leaders need healthy rhythms of rest. And as I'm sure for yourself, you know, that can be difficult um, mm -hmm. to like have that, that dedicated break time. So I'm a creature of habit. I'm a creature of routine. I've had to exactly that put in breaks and structure timed into my calendar where it is walk the dog for 30 minutes at lunch and different things throughout my day to make sure I do have that in there. Uh, but then on the other hand, it's it's going back. We will never go back to it's five o'clock. I'm going to close my laptop, drive home and not think about work for the rest of the night. Like my, my office is beside my kitchen. So I have everything that I need to do at my fingertips. Yeah. So instead of trying to have this 
so much effort into making things so separate. It's kind of rebalancing and looking at it from the different angle and looking at the positives of having a more blended approach. So what does that enable me to do to have laundry at 11 o'clock or have somebody come fix my furnace in the middle of the day that I wouldn't be able to before? So it's kind of a change in mindset as well. Instead of trying so hard to separate my work and life, it's kind of accepting a more blended and looking at the positives. Yeah. We um we had a team discussion around this. Like, are you working from home or are you living at work? And like, what is that line? And does there need to be a line? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's super interesting. So I always was, you know, um, you know, I'd always feel super guilty as a business owner taking any time off or going to a massage in the middle of the day or having an appointment where I wasn't working and being like, Well, what if my what if my staff knew I was going to the gym at nine AM? Right? Right. I should be working. And I used to feel this like overwhelming guilt because it was just like, but then I would work on the weekends and I'd take my after hours call and I'd always be on the phone and I'm always thinking about work. And it's like, how do you kind of let everybody know that, no, you're always working. So this is the only time you have. And I think like, that's such a nice way of looking at it. It was a blended approach. It was just, yeah, like, Hey, I'm going to open my laptop tonight because I feel like it. I've got nothing going on. And, and tomorrow, maybe I'll go for a hike in the middle of the day. Yeah. And why do you need to have everyone know that this was your only time available, right? And that's something I try and communicate to everyone so they feel comfortable to do that. You set your schedules. It can be blended. We are fully virtual. So you don't need to have these hard start and stops. Yeah. And in, kind of enjoy the perks and take advantage of things, even if that creates a little bit more of a blended approach. Yeah. When it keeps people motivated, I find, because – yeah, at the end of the day, like being on someone's throat is not motivating them, right? Never. Um, it's a, we, we talked about it the other day. It's like yelling at each other doesn't work. No, and do you ever want to, to go above and beyond for someone who yells, screams at you? Yeah, no. I don't think so. No. So on that topic, personal work life, let's talk about the extracurriculars because you are at – someone from WebROI is at every single event I think I've ever been to with the – um, the organization that we're both a part of, which is the WeHBA, the West End um, Home Builders Association. Tell us a little bit about how you guys make that such a priority, why you make it such a priority, and how you kind of get so involved in the community. So we are, we're B2B, we sell to businesses and um, associations like the West End Home Builder Association is part of our niche. So it's so important to us to be, one, involved in local organizations and associations, but then also where businesses that we want to do business with hang out. Yeah. Um, so we're part of BNI and local chamber, but the Home Builder Association and different associations along that, those lines are, it's, it's important for us. It's important for our marketing. Our team is also loves networking and being around people. So yeah. it gives good opportunities, especially now with everyone being at home. So it gives them an opportunity to be out. Um, we're actually looking at joining other associations now in other areas because our staff has expanded into new areas and different geographies. So yeah. it's exciting to start to look at where else we can be present and be and be active because it's what we like to do. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the, uh, the organization, like we're, you know, I think you're on a board as well. You're on the marketing committee. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I chair the marketing committee. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, being... Um, like being part of the under 40 chair as well, we look at like, you know, you get, you get out what you put in. Absolutely. Um, and then just like some of the local initiatives that you guys are doing. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a little bit harder virtually by trying to support organizations that are important to our staff. So we did 
you know, like a blood, a giving blood drive when we were able to all be in Milton and giving blood to the local, the drives that are in the local communities or different donations. Um, every year we ask the staff where they want to have their donations go to and they get to provide the charity and organizations too. So just making sure that everybody feels involved in the giving back and that they get to partake in things that are important to them. Yeah. is really important for us. Yeah, we just made a switch to now we do we try to do one thing every quarter. Yeah. Um, but the one that we just did was so great because the staff came up with it. It wasn't just a me idea. Um, and I mean, it it means a lot because you don't also know what everybody's going through and what organizations mean a lot to them, right? Um, getting the team involved and being involved in the community just goes so far, I find, as a business um, for different people and, and, and giving back to the communities that really give to you, right? And then for your team too, to feel like they get to be more a part of it and that their opinion counts and that, you know, you're all in this together and it's, it's a big part of it. For our yeah. Team. No, it's, it's so, so crucial. So younger you looking mm-hmm. back, what advice would you give to younger you? Pick the right degree. <laughs> no, I take that back. Education, never a waste. I feel like you can learn something from all experiences. Um, I can name every bone in the body if anybody ever wants to know how is that valuable. But younger me, um, younger me and something I think I still need to have some internal conversations with myself would be to stop comparing yourself to others. Yeah. we um, It's so easy. And social media, you look at somebody else's life, what they're doing, somebody else's job. It's so hard not to compare it to yours. But that comparison culture, it it leaves no room for gratitude. Mm-hmm. And um, a big focus has been to try and look at, you know, what are my goals and my achievements and my accomplishments? And then what do I need to do to get to where I want to be and not where somebody else is mm-hmm. off their Instagram? So Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I mean, it's so challenging in business, I find, to... I mean, especially in our younger years, uh, you know, we always used to say we don't have competition. Well, it's like, well, you know, that's something I used to say to kind of make myself feel good. But I was always comparing myself to everybody, right? How many staff do you have? What are your sales? What are you doing? Um, And as soon as you can kind of slow that process down and say, how can we be the best version of us? And what do we want to be? Yeah. Exactly. And not be everything to everybody, just like you talked about earlier. and then, so how do you see yourself getting this abundance going forward? How do you see yourself, you know, helping 350 clients? In 10 years. Um, it's a time where we are investing in marketing and sales for ourselves too. It's never a time to cut back your marketing. So yeah. uh, looking at different, we're trying different things. And I think that's a good um, a good time and a different time in our in our organization. So trying some different marketing initiatives, trying some different sales approach, joining different things, um, looking at different speaking engagements. So trying to get uh, further reach through different um, channels is kind of where we're our big push is right now to to get the, to the next step. Yeah. And I guess the one thing that everybody's talking about now is how do you attract great staff? Um, and do you have a process for you know, those staff when they get in to make sure that they're the right fit. Yeah, the uh, the hiring world's not fun. It's it's long and it can be, you know, go through a lot of different resumes to find the right one. Uh, we have a pretty extensive interview process. It's, yep. you know, three or four stages. It's long. It can be a couple hours at a time per interview. Um, so you, you start to get a good feel for it. You start to kind of know who the right fit would be. But then making sure that they're happy, it's 
virtual training's tough. So we'll sit on Zoom or sit on Teams for, you know, eight hours their first day and try and making sure we have really good processes in place for onboarding so that they can come on and feel like this is part of an organization that has their stuff together. <laughs> like, I don't want to get bleeped out here. Yeah. Has all their stuff together and that they can feel like they're really welcomed and they have all of their um, training and manuals, everything every, all laid out for them, whether that be through video or or whatever's needed. And how long is that process taken to create? Oh, it's not over. <laughs> it's years just and it's so still everybody going. knows, it's not over. It's never over. Because just when you think you have one thing down, there's a change, and you have to update all your. St- yeah, no, it's not over. Yeah. It's ever changing, growing. Yeah. And did you ever think that before you became a manager? And no, I thought I could have this little nice onboarding folder, and here we go, everybody. No. Yeah. No. We're creating our own Boston onboarding processing and, and getting creative and just trying to like, you know, how do you display your culture and what you stand for in, uh, you know, an external job post? Oh, right? yeah. So it's like, you know, how to be attractive, what it's like, your website's a big presence. And for us, it's, uh, you know, as you guys know, we're, we're changing a little bit about our careers page to say like, you know what? It's not just, hey, we have a job posting. You know, someone's going to go to the careers page because it's looking for a career. What's it like here? It's not just what jobs we do. It's about, you know, what we offer, who we are as people, what our standards are, what our culture's like. Um, and kind of, yeah, just get, like attracting, but also it's not, we hate the term poaching. Um, it, it's educating for future growth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that's a huge part of it too, right? I mean, there's so many job opportunities for everybody that yeah. you have to – Put why you're different. Or, and it, honestly, the jobs are not that different. I mean, if you want to run paid ads with us or run paid ads somewhere else, you're doing the same types of things. For sure. But why us? What makes us different? Why do you want to work for us exactly? What are our values and what do we offer that's different? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a such a big part of it. And I think a lot of people don't spend enough time, us included. Um, we always ask ourselves constantly, what's our biggest challenge right now? And then I say, so what are we doing about it? And then the next question is, and how much time we're spending on it? Our biggest challenge, usually you avoid, and usually you're spending no time on. And that's what we find is like, you know, as soon as you can kind of flip that switch and dive into, you know, hey, if hiring is our biggest issue, let's take 10 hours a week to solve our biggest problem. Wow, it's working, right? Right. Um, and, and we're finding that we can do that kind of with anything, whether it's an inventory whether it's structuring guys on site, whether it's process procedures, whether it's onboarding, let's dial into our biggest problem, which most people procrastinate and shy away from. But it's, again, creating a process to kind of dig in, um, which I think is great. And again, it, it shows in the product and the service. And typically solving your biggest problem then solves all your small ones too, right? Yeah. yeah. EOS. It's just not fun. <laughs> EOS. Yeah, EOS. <laughs> it's all genome. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the show, Denise. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh, we always ask the question, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, episode 28. We always want to ask ourselves these questions. Why not me? Why not now? Um, remember to follow us on Instagram. We're on YouTube, uh, Spotify now, Apple Music. Um, Denise and WebROI will have all their stuff online. Um, if you want to reach out to them to get some return on investment on your website, um, Don't be scared. Take the leap. You can handle more business. You can handle more challenges. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks a lot, Dan. Boom. Boom.